Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to listen to the best music podcast ever? ever. Available on six platforms: Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Store, Spotify, and more. You're listening to the Wind Words Fail Music Speaks podcast with James Cox and Blake Mosley. When words fail, music speaks. Interview. Hey, all you guys, gals, men, women, women, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our first interview ever on our podcast. Today, we are interviewing a guy who is no stranger to music. He is a composer, writer, and currently in the Air Force. It has been for 12 years going now. He is a producer of one, one of the once band known as Polite Society, which is an amazing name in its own right. His music ranges from folk to rock to metal. Uh, I've known our guest for 22 years now, and there is no end in sight. He is a big fan of music, ladies and gentlemen, Philip Rowe. And it's gotta be sad you told me Like it's something new A novelty Hey, Philip, how are you? I'm just dandy, how you doing? Just dandy, alright, alright So, um, we've been friends for a long time 22 years now, you know? Yeah <laughs> That's the thing to, that's the thing to do, uh, you know um, That's a long time, you know so. Oh, yeah um, You are a musician, um of many talents um so uh we're here on our first interview uh and glad you are here with us i'm glad to be here so, thank you man I, uh, and on the other end of the uh spectrum is my co-host brosley so hey brosley what's hey, going on man? what's up man all right how all you right. doing brother i'm Pretty. good it's nice to meet you virtually here virtually yeah, yes virtually yeah yeah too bad we can't go face to face with all this covid 19 crap you know so oh yeah well, so, and I'm in California. Oh, re- oh, yeah, you man, you're on lockdown for sure, right? <laughs> I haven't left the house in. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I've I've left the house, but I haven't gone anywhere really, apart from a drive for like three months. Right, and pick oh, up food geez. and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, for, first of all, so tell me how you got into music. Uh it was just like always there. Um, my dad played guitar. My mom played piano. I don't really, you know, remember it not being a part of my life. And so, I mean, they they kind of forged that love in me of music. And then I just, you know, discovered artists on my own and everything and went from there. Right. Nice, man. Do you uh, do you have like a, a memory of like when did you when you first heard music, like as a child? Is there a song that stood out to you at a young age or anything? Uh, well, it. it the memory of first hearing music, that would be like, you know, do you remember the first time you heard a parent's voice? It's like, <laughs> right. You know, right. It's just, yeah. it's just kind of always been there. Um, but some of the earliest songs that I can remember are stuff that my mom would sing to me, like, uh, you are my sunshine or, uh, she'd play puff the magic dragon on the piano. Nice. Get her to play that oh so. yeah. 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 Always love that song. That's some of the earliest memories that and the ice cream man playing, uh, ice cream um, man. Mm, I'm not sure song. how that goes. A music box. <laughs> a music box. <laughs> oh, oh no! Man, the, the ice cream dude would drive around in his truck and oh, okay, yeah, 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 okay. Music box dancer, and so yeah. we'd hear that, that music and be like, "Oh man, oh god, let's go!" You know, get some money before he gets here. Right. Yeah, gotta get that ice cream. You know, early, early. It's just always been there, and you know, yeah. I love it. Music's like my uh, my life. Yeah, it's kind of th- it, yeah, it's kind of therapeutic, isn't it too? You know, so, um, who, who, or what are your influences? Um, who did you grow up on? Who, you know, who inspired you? Well, I, 
like I said before, my parents, and then I think the person that really made me want to start playing stuff and doing things was my dad because he'd he'd uh, he'd bust out the guitar and start singing, you know, Johnny Cash songs and Roger Miller and old probably Boxcar Willie. He's you know he's like eighty six now, so when he was in his twenties, rockabilly was what was going on back in the oh yeah the fifties, and so. You know, all that Johnny Cash stuff and the old classic country, not none of the stuff nowadays, but yeah, um, right. You know, like Ray Price kind of stuff, Buck Owens. And so he'd sing that stuff and he'd, he'd sing and play lead at the same time and the rhythm. And uh, it, was, it was it was magical. And I'd sit there like one of my earliest memories of that is just like smiling when he would play. And I felt stupid. So I'd like cover my mouth and hide my <laughs> smile. And he'd be like, don't hide your smile. And uh, and so he'd play. And my mom played piano and I'm like. You know, it gets down to it. I'm like, what do I want to learn? I'm like, well, I can carry a guitar around and probably annoy more people that way instead of being stuck <laughs> to a piano. I'm not playing a guitar and taking that around with me. Guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh, yeah. You you can't hide your smile when it comes to to music. Sometimes it just it just brings it out of you. You know what just I mean? Just elicits it. Yeah, man. So, right. You know, I hear him playing and a, a just love that, and then I hear Elvis, and I'm like, okay, Elvis. He's this guy's cool. He I want to play guitar too. And you know, the song classical gas, it's uh, an old instrumental from the sixties. I love that. And then, but then when I heard the Beatles the first time, that was it. I was yeah. It's like, this is what I want to do, man. Yeah. You were hooked. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Who would you, uh, who would you say inspires you most as a musician? If uh, you could narrow it down. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of options, you know? <laughs> well, as an artist or you know as a musical artist that would inspire me i i again defer to the beatles there yeah. um but that was just getting me to want to do it but then you know later on it, stuff progresses you know I start out and trying to learn beatles songs like man this is hard and then i just get full on into metallica and yeah. uh, just, uh, learn everything i can by them and it's you know that's a completely different spectrum there and so um yeah. but just the the kind of energy behind that and uh bands like opeth which I really, really adore. Um, they they kind of had a huge impact on my sound. Like Neil Young, for example, love that. But then, as far as inspiration for like actually writing songs or stuff now, is just people people I know. And you know, what's the biggest influencer is just life. You know, yeah, right. Um, that and I tend to focus more on the negativity and things because it's easier to work out your emotions on how you're feeling about stuff if I just you know play yeah, a guitar. Sure write a song and i can also draw on the, the misfortunes of my friends and bandmates too over the years and their bad romances or their yeah. you know little disappointments in life i'm like ooh, i'm gonna make a song out of that and then that's right. a constant reminder for them yeah like to, and, <laughs> and probably you do yeah. you know because you know you know because because you're because you're witnessing you know their life too so yeah I, they're 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 you know they're a part of your life and so what happens in there is affects yours even if it's like third person but you're their first person with them or firsthand i should say yeah sure experiencing it with them and you know getting them through the tougher things in life um you know i've had bandmates when i so i was i had an ex-wife or have an ex-wife i should say (laughs) and uh we you know i got divorced and then a close buddy of mine got divorced and then the drummer of the band i was in at the time he got divorced and Mm. so it was, we were all just living in my house, like bandmates and musicians and stuff and, uh, sitting around. And that was a really, really productive period back then. I was in a band called Wayward Wayne and, uh, I wrote a, a bunch of stuff, um, for us back then. And, but it was, it, I'd gone feral at that point. We were all just sitting around in the, the living room or the kitchen or the dining room until like, you know, three in the morning, just listening to music and partying. And, um, it's a lot of fun, but it was also, a uh, not the healthiest. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, but, yeah, just, you know, life is a huge inspiration. Life. Oh, yeah. But that, yeah, okay. That's <laughs> Um. Okay. So, uh, so who are you listening to right now? Do you have any favorite bands or, um, anything that you, um, brings, um, like motivation to actually write another song? Who are you listening to right now? Is my main question for you right now. Um, Right now, I have a I have a bad habit of uh, I'm I'm one of those dudes that only watches movies I've already seen. It's like, what do you want to watch? <laughs> yeah, Life Aquatic or Forrest Gump. You've seen those ten million times, and so yeah. I'm the same way with with music. I, I and most people are, you know, you you listen to yeah. what you like. 
Um, but as far as anything newer, I a buddy of mine showed me Jason Isbell, and uh, which that guy he uh, makes you want to hang up. You know, just throw in the towel. Be like, I, I <laughs> totally suck at songwriting, dude. After listening to this guy's stuff, um, there's a band called Future Islands. They're kind of like a synth wavy kind of stuff. They're out of Baltimore, actually. I've been listening to that. Um, they're uh, they're a great band. I highly recommend checking them out. But sure, I've noticed myself since this whole uh, quarantine's been going on. I don't know if it's just being cooped up, but. When I get to my uh, usual weekend, either Friday night or Saturday night ritual of the baby's gone to bed and, you know, Jackie's watching a horror movie or something. And so I, I throw on my, Jackie's my wife, by the way, <laughs> I <laughs> throw on the headphones and I, I go and I listen to music. That's just my my your go to place. Out. I'm, I'm going yeah. out to see. I'm just I don't want to be bothered. And I put that on. And uh, I've noticed that in the past couple of weeks, I have been listening to just metal. Metal, metal, yeah. metal, and, and before that, I, I I love like Motown. I've been listening, you know, to to so much just the oldies. That's what I love to do is just listening yeah. to what I've heard over and over and over. But now it's just been like Borknagar and Dima Borgir, mm-hmm. Amon yeah. Amarth, and uh, even Rammstein, which I've loved and loved and loved for years. And yeah, just, you know, they have a newer album that's out now. Um, but it's it's and I I, you know, I listen to bluegrass from time to time. It's it's the same mm-hmm. thing. It's speed and it's precision in the music yeah. but it's i don't i think it's just because i'm feeling cooped up and um right i need an outlet and so i'm like okay here we go again down into you know puritanical euphoric misanthropia just a lovely mouthful <laughs> of an album title and uh my wife's you know 20 feet away from me just like turn it down because all she hears is <laughs> i can hear it <laughs> yeah just mm. freaking blast beats and some guy going ah! <laughs> 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 like she like throws something at me i'm like yeah. what but that's oh, good stuff head. now you know my ears yeah. are ringing and i'm just like nah man this is my release right now i yeah. uh so that's the that's what i've been listening to lately <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah totally I, I i'm the metal. same way like I, I get it like going for, you know, cause I was, I was raised on, my dad was a huge Motown fan. Yeah. Um, so it, there's, there's Motown influences. Uh, he listened to a lot of Southern gospel. So there was, there was that too. And then my mom you know, was into class, Pink Floyd, you know, so, and then something, you know, I started playing drums and then, you know, my introduction to heavier music was Linkin Park. Uh, and it was, you know, that was like my the first time I'd ever heard of <laughs> or, or heard a lot of screaming and, you know, distorted guitars. And, you know, I like was, with Linkin Park, man, I, I felt like I got, um, I don't know, the, the modern term now is catfished. But, you know, yeah. back in the day, around the time Linkin Park came out, you could buy a, a, a magazine, right? Like a music right. magazine. And they'd include like a little sampler disc of here's some up and coming artists. And I was with my friend. Uh, Dan, Andy knows Dan. Yeah. Um, we were listening to one of these CDs and it had Godsmack on it. Um, yeah. You know, like, get up and go away. And then Linkin Park was on there. <laughs> and it was, I don't even remember the song title because I, I never got too big into Linkin Park or right. them at all, really. But it was that Shut Up When I'm Talking to You. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, whoa, these guys are like freaking heavy. Amazing. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hear the album and I'm like, oh, Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> that dude was an amazing songwriter, though. I'll oh, yeah. That. They, yeah he, for sure. they were a talented band. It's like Incubus. You know, they're <laughs> yeah. extremely talented people, but I just never really got into it. Yeah. Okay, so. Like John Mayer's really talented. I don't like John Mayer either. <laughs> so, so let me tell you a quick story, Blake, before we go on to the next question. Yeah. Um, I When when Philip and I were talking about two or three days ago, um, I asked him if he likes incubus and he says well he didn't know because back in high school days or something you told me like the the man sounded too like a girly pop band or something right yeah, yeah it was just I, most of the girls i knew loved incubus which right. should have been a yeah. hit to start playing music like that but <laughs> but that i don't know i just was like eh, okay whatever yeah. um, but then but then i i i let him listen to uh this song right here i'm gonna play it for you right now hold on just a minute Hang on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to push the button. I want to hit the 
So, oh, yeah. so I think after he heard that song, he did a 180 and start, you know, really <laughs> digging into it. You know, I'm like, dude, they got yeah. so many great songs. That, you know, it was drive, man. I've that, ordered that a bunch was of the... Incubus posters and T-shirts. And yeah, go, <laughs> ordered everything. Yeah, classic yeah. blues riff. It's like the riff itself isn't blues, but the the structure there, structurally, yeah, it's yeah. A, right. A, a, a good old blues or classic rock and roll uh, guitar line there, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's it a, was drive, that... man. That's <laughs> that's the song that you know. That it, it seems like there there always seems to be these bands that they're around for a while and then maybe they have one what other people would consider a one hit wonder. Yeah, right. So Drive was kind of Incubus's song, and there were all over the radio. I got I, I love Incubus, but I got sick of Drive. I was like, oh, I'm I'm over it. And that's um, what I think about. Dig my toes and do the sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Dude's a good singer, though, man. I oh, mean, yeah. yeah. Fantastic oh, yeah. singer. Can't deny mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I love the drummer, too. He's 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 pretty great. Um, well, uh, so uh, ha- so how long have you been singing? Like, is there a certain point in time <laughs> whenever you were like, you know what? I, I'm going to I'm going to start singing. I, I'm going to put all my efforts into singing and songwriting well if you've listened to any of my songs you would know i'm not putting all my effort into singing <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't call myself a great singer. i mean i've been singing my whole life as long as yeah. I remember, um, uh just my buddy and i would try and write songs and you know i'm like seven years old and he was like freaking five like what the hell is he gonna do in songwriting and stuff but, yeah <laughs> you know we'd hear stuff like the the monotones uh, like my first favorite song that i can remember is uh who wrote the book of love that old uh, doo-wop song i right. wonder wonder mm-hmm. who and so we're like trying to write stuff like that yeah. and we're just singing along because there's amazing harmonies and all this stuff but you know i've never been that great and then when it came to like playing in bands at certain points i just i would be the rhythm guitarist was always what i wanted to do right. and uh it kind of like my lead guitar playing it came about the same way as like singing it's I'm writing these songs and no one else is going to do it in the, either in the bands that I'm in or when I'm recording on my own. So I've got these ideas. I might as well just sing them out. And uh, it just kind of happened like old Dave Mustaine in Megadeth. It's like, well, screw it. I'll do it. <laughs> right. I, yeah. Yeah. I uh, just kind of started, started doing it and just experimented over the years with trying to find like my voice to sing with, you know, whether I'm going to be trying to sing, singing a uh, actual singing voice, but I'm not like, you know, Josh Groban or you let me all this deep diaphragm singing and all yeah. that. Yeah. Mine's more like just like, okay, take like I get some shouty rock voice going every now and then and the rest of it I just try and emulate freaking uh some stoner, mellow, Pink Floyd, David Gilmore breathy vocals the best I can. I don't right. know. I'm not uh, I'm not a great singer, <laughs> but I've been I've been doing it my whole life. And then I started really writing songs hardcore and like 2005 you know I, I wrote a lot of metal stuff in high school but like actually doing songs with lyrics and melodies and you know a bridge or a chorus and all that uh back then and i've just been trying to do that you know trying to get better at singing and and so what is that 2005 i guess yeah, yeah. Right. to make a long story longer <laughs> so knowing now knowing how long you've been singing for are there any secrets to singing or is it just come naturally or i know people can learn how to sing but um for people who can't can't sing well um yeah just do it man just do it anyway i mean it's like for one it's not everyone can play an instrument and singing is either that or you know bobbing your head or tapping your foot or banging on a table or something that's an even better way to make you closer to the music you're listening to to get involved in music even if you're just humming like toddlers hum it's just kind of inherent there to want to do it um and i'm like i said i'm not the greatest singer so i'm not the a a person to give advice but it's like just do it i've I've known some dudes that are like really good singers and they don't they uh they're you know they're like just i just play guitar i'm the rhythm guy or something and then you hear them messing around with stuff that they've written you're like dude why aren't you singing like this is like you're good or just other dudes that just need a little bit of tweaking or they're just, they don't think that they can. It's like, just do it, man. Like, yeah, don't worry mm-hmm. about it. Who you're trying? Just impress yourself. Don't worry about impressing anybody else. <laughs> right. 
I get it, man. I, I, you know, I've don't mean to toot my own horn here, but uh, <laughs> I've, uh, I've been, I've been told that I have a, I have a good singing voice, but mm-hmm. I just don't feel like that's, that's my thing. I play drums, you know, that's what I invested all of my energy into. Um, and uh, we, there's been some occasions where I have, you know, my, my wife can sing, but she's an incredible singer. And uh, with, they've had some, you know, little benefit concerts around town and, and uh, she's, she's played for them and we've done some duets and uh, those are fun. Um, but it's, I don't, I don't get nervous around behind a drum set, but if you put me out front and yeah. it's just, Dude, me and a microphone, no, I get, it's scary. I was going to say for one, even Ringo sang a song from time or two. So don't right. worry. About <laughs> right. right. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I know what you, you mean. Like I, I get tremendous stage fright. Even yeah. to this day, yeah. um, if, if if I have to sing first. So the yeah. few times that we, you know, went around and played places, be it a bar or parties and stuff, it's, we always would have two singers and two guys who wrote songs in the band. Whoever wrote the song would typically sing it. Um, Which is as you, long right? as I didn't have to sing first, then I was good to go. I'd come out and I'd play and the other guy would sing his song. And once that first song is over, the stage fright's gone. And I'm like, Okay, now I can sing and make a fool out of myself. And you know. <laughs> right. Well, and well for for anybody who thinks that they can't sing, just look at the band Slayer. I mean, that guy sings the monotone. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't really sing. He just goes like that. Yeah. So I mean, it's also proof that God hates us all. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good song. I don't know. I don't know about the meaning though, but that's a that's a real. Headbanger, you know. That song is awesome. in my memory, man. Just you know, yeah. throwing up out of the car while flying down the highway, and that song is blasting. Just God, it's oh man, yeah. I don't Dude, know. I, I saw Slayer a few years ago, and I thought I was gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> man, Slayer fans don't mess around, dude. They're uh, they're brutal, and uh, well, I love it. That's what I, <laughs> I I tell people that don't know Slayer. It's just like it is one hundred percent at one hundred percent of the time. Like that album starts, yeah. yeah, and your heart rate does not come back down until that last note fades mm-hmm. out. Whereas Metallica's got some nice melodic bits and and uh, some tranquility interspersed in there. Slayer is just in your face the entire yeah. time. Yeah, dude. hardcore. Um, I it's went to sometimes. right. I went to see Slayer with one of my friends, and uh, I had to actually get out of the building because I think what they do, they were playing at the House of Blues, and I think what they were doing is they brought, is they turned air amp up to like 13 or 14 and just blasted <laughs> it, you know? So I, I heard my favorite song, which is Disciple, and then I left because my eardrums were about to blow up or bleed on the bed. I'm like, I got to get out of here. You um, you step outside the house of blues and there's some old guy out there with a cigarette all like that ain't no blues bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um drawing on your experiences over the past years, um, what advice would you give those talented young people who may have uh to create their own big break um by self promoting their art? <laughs> Well, if I knew how, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Old Saturday Night Live ref- reference. There. <laughs> right. Um, uh, but it's, I don't know. I mean, I I have not made it, but I'm also not actively trying really anymore. You know, right. I haven't given yeah. up on the dream, but I'm just kind of, I'm living comfortably doing my thing now and enjoying my hobby. And But what I've been seeing lately is there's this complete, revolution going on right now in the industry it's not like the old um what do they call it tin pan alley way back in the day where you had the songwriters that would write the songs so uh which you know and then the record company makes you record those songs and you're the the signed artist it's you know so hard to make it for so long and now you see people like uh oh god what's his name we were just talking about him the other day tattoos all over him and stuff um he did the Nirvana covers. Oh, Post Malone. Post Malone, yeah. People like that, they're like, hey, everybody nowadays has their own recording studio, If you even in your freaking iPhone right here. Yep. Like, right. I've got GarageBand on my phone or my iPad, or you get uh, Audacity. And people have their own access to this stuff now. And so this kind of, as I said before, revolution is freaking going on, that people are writing their stuff. They're recording it themselves, and they're promoting themselves. They're all going out there onto Spotify and stuff. 
Right. Um, so I think any advice that one could give nowadays is just make your digital presence known out there. I mean, you're, yeah. you have 100% capability of self-promotion and uh, people like him get out there and do it. They just, these yeah. fan bases blow up online and it's kind of like, yeah. Um, you'd hear like days back of the eighties, you know, before I was even trying to, before I was even born, basically just people would have cassette tape and you'd give it to one guy and he'd copy that and it would just spread. And, um, that's, that's basically how it's working now. Right. Um, and also, um, what you said earlier, um, uh, kind of hit this uh, home to this question is just go out there and do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah cause you, because you never know what you can do unless you go just go out and do it, you know, so. get out and play. Even if you just go out to the streets and, you know, play music in the street, man, just busk or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, it, I, I know that some people, um, like, Lars from Metallica would, you know, <laughs> with the uh, with the popularity of the internet and with downloading, whenever that kind of first started, it was seen as a, a nuisance, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's but kind so of, it's but kind of. I got an email from them back in like 1999 or something. Really, like, we're going to sue your ass because you <laughs> did you? <laughs> and I just deleted the email and was like, oh, whatever. Awesome. Oh, shit. yeah. <laughs> <Coming>. <laughs> But you know, like it, it, it started out as as this really negative thing, and I think it's made a complete turnaround. Um, you know, every, anybody it, that's kind of the beauty with the internet too is there's everyone's on it, right? So mm-hmm. and everyone is into different things. So even if you don't appeal to one audience, it won't be long before someone comes along and it's like, hey, I really like this, and uh, then they can support you, and it's just it, it's kind of it's a cool thing to see how far the industry has come, you know. Yeah, and it's it's just ever changing, man. It's yeah. And we we had the pleasure, I guess, of living through the tail end of this sort of golden era. I'd I'd read this uh, article a while back. I don't remember where it was. It was Rolling Stone or somewhere else that was talking about the level of diversity in music and actual like talent and creativity that kind of started there with the British invasion, obviously, then you get the, the, my favorite era, the psychedelic era at the end of the sixties through the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. And just when people were writing their own stuff, it wasn't just the, you know, the, the five basic studio writers that write, which there was a lot of good stuff in the doo-wop era in the fifties and uh, early sixties yeah. and all. But once people started writing their own crap and you just get this huge diversity in what's going on, like Back then, every genre you looked at was great. You had your rock, you had your pop, you had your you know country and Motown and, and R&B. And that, that kind of continued all the way up into, I, I think the article was saying, the early, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of had the tail end of that. Where I mean, if you look back on the 90s and you're like, that music was freaking great, man. Right. Um, grunge and the alternative and and it's there was just so much good stuff out there and i didn't even really get into a lot of it until uh later in life you know about 10 years ago just because back then all i listened to was oldies this is what my parents listened to and then this is mm-hmm. what i loved but um looking back now at just the diversity even then um it's and it's kind of gone into a downswing again of just if you turn on a pop station i can't for one, I don't know who's who. I don't follow them, but they all yeah. sound the same. Every song, right? Sounds, eh, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's what sells. It's it's uh, what people buy. Whatever you know, people enjoy it. Good for them. But yeah. I think that this current environment now that um, we could see a lot of change since there are these self producers now putting stuff. What do they call it? The creators. It's called creators, like on right. SoundCloud or YouTube. They say, "Hey, YouTube creators," mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I'm. I'm happy to be a part of or be in a position, I guess, to observe this now, like any kind of change that's coming. Sure. Sorry, that was long and rambling. <laughs> hey, no, perfect, man. No, that's, that's fine. Awesome. Yeah. What, uh, so what all instruments do you play? I play guitar. It's mm-hmm. like what I started out on. Mm-hmm. I okay. Guitar. I've been playing now for like 25 years. Um, bass, Drums, mandolin, banjo, bit of piano, and harmonica. Oh, cool! But I don't play harmonica like blues traveler. Think like <laughs> you know, or, or Bob Dylan or something. Or is that just kind loaded of, up with a vest? Right, yeah, <laughs> with all these like fourteen harmonicas on it. Yeah, throw up their hands on celebrity death match. That's right. Nineties <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
reference there. But yeah, awesome. guitar is my main instrument, and uh, I'd say number two as far as ability and enjoyment would be drums and then banjo. Um, but also, I'm not freaking Mario Duplantier from Gojira or or any of them. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm like a good Motown drummer. You got that. Pat, pat, yeah. Pat. Yeah. I so, do love, but, I, but it's good stuff, man. <laughs> So out of all the instruments in the world, what is the one instrument you would like to learn to play? To learn to play? Um, I guess... The, the, shit, there's like... Excuse my language. That's there's fine. A, <laughs> You're good. Tons that I, I want to learn. It's like it's like languages. You know, I, I, I know a couple now, and I'm just like, oh, I'd really like to learn this one. I'd like to learn that one. Um, but just... If it wasn't a guitar, I'd say I'd like to get good at piano uh, my mom wanted to teach me early on early you know she she played piano very well and uh wanted to teach me and i just you know didn't have any interest really but mm -hmm. and I, I can play now i can keyboard stuff out and i can get through a song i'm not gonna be playing any leads uh, i'm not gonna go all little richard on you there but i uh, <laughs> i can i can play songs i know a fair amount of chords that i've taught myself and everything but I'd, to get really proficient at piano i think would be great and uh, or a uh, dobro you know, those guitars oh, flip cool. down like Dobro. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Steel guitar, something like that. The, just those two, um, I think, would be amazing to play. Awesome. What uh, what made you want to learn, and uh, and how did you learn how to play guitar? <laughs> I locked myself in my room for seven years. <laughs> no. Uh, my, my dad made me want to play, and... Uh, so we, he had, you know, guitar, an old acoustic, it was like a honer, something, nothing, nothing fancy. And, uh, so I started messing around on that and he showed me my, your basic chords, like guitarists call them cowboy chords, you know, G, C, D, A, B minor, stuff like that. Just your basics. You know, he wasn't busting out anything fancy like a, uh, a, a G major seven like or a, some kind of, like a Slayer solo. <laughs> he didn't break out, you know, any of those. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, he was just like, here's Wonderwall and started. Hey, right. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, he showed me the basics and uh, I learned how to play House of the Rising Sun. It was my first song. Nice. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and That's a I great song. Act Naturally is an old Buck Owens song. Yeah. You know, they're going to put me in the movies. Nice. And, so, and I just kind of took it from there. I, yeah. uh, I desperately wanted to play. Just it was it was my obsession from. I guess I was about 10 when that started. And, you know, it, it, you mess around with it. You're like, oh, this is hard. It hurts my fingers. And so you don't really do it consistently every day until at one point, you know, I guess I'm in like sixth grade or whatever. And then that's when it it really, really kicked off. I mean, I was that's all I did was just sit in my room and play and yeah. play and play and try and learn stuff. And. And uh, I, I was doing it for me. I just wanted to play. So I, I knew so many guys later on, you know, you meet, meet them at a party and they uh, they bust out an acoustic and they're, oh, there's girls here. So they start playing Say It Ain't So or Wonderwall. <laughs> and it's just these these guys that never really learned it for love of music. I mean, they, they might enjoy it, but it's, I don't know. With me, yeah. it's an extremely personal and and not, not private, but kind of like that level of... Um, uh, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. Just that, that intense feelings of just like, this is my identity. It is part of me. I, I, I keep it very close to me. It's, it's a, uh, I, I treasure this, this gift that I have. And so, you know, I just play and play and play. And then, uh, Andy, you actually introduced me to tabs. Right. Um, Cause I was largely figuring things out by ear, which I still do now, but, I couldn't read guitar tabs or anything. I think it was uh, you sent me the guitar tab like Inner Sandman or something. Yeah. And you're like, no, this is how you read it. You know, this line here is the low E. <laughs> this line, line here resembles the strings. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, so then after that, it was like, boom, I learned like I could have been an expert Metallica tribute band at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I went from just, uh, you know, I, I do all this talk about metal and everything, but then the stuff that I write now, I just, I, it's just like, you know, folk. <laughs> it's no, like, yeah. no, totally get it, man. That's, but there's just, just stuff that I was passionate about. And, yeah. uh, and, um, it's just always something I wanted to do. There was just, I don't really, I can remember a time when I didn't know how to play, but I don't remember a time 
that I didn't like want to learn how to play. And even now I'm, I'm still trying to figure stuff out and like new techniques and get better. But, um, yeah. it's just something I always wanted to do always. Yeah. And, and I do now. And hopefully, uh, my daughter will want with my luck. She'll be like, I want to play volleyball and I'll mm-hmm. have to go watch that crap yeah. instead of like, um, you know, her wanting to play music. Yeah. So, so how old are you when you were starting playing the drums? Drums. Um, I, it's in high school. Um, okay. 15. And we're in a, my buddies, uh, Tony and Matt, we were in a band, you know, the high school band. We, we just played Metallica songs yeah. and Rammstein songs and stuff <laughs> yeah. that I'd written. Um, so and, did, uh, and I'd sit down on them. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. So did any, uh, actual, um, musician drummer get you, get you inspired to, to beat them? Or did you like, Hey, I can, I can pretty much do this too. And, no, it was just something I was like, I'm going to see if I can do this. Okay. And so, and of course, I was terrible. And I'm, I'm still, you know, I, the highest I'd rate myself is mediocre. Uh, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I'm, no good. <laughs> I'm sitting there. You figure out your basic, like, okay, uh, foot and right hand on the first beat, and then right hand second, then right. snare, yeah. and then, you know, you get, okay, one, two, three, four. I got that. I got that. And, uh, <laughs> So yeah. and I just I'd play around and I'd play around and then being mm. in bands I would write stuff that I wanted them to play so I'd mm. I'd figure out how to play my own drum line and then go you know tell the drummer here play it like this it's right. kind of control freak early on <laughs> we can get into later yeah. but and so I couldn't do fills couldn't do fills to save my life so I would just use the double kick pedal there to just do little like quick little triplets and fills in there yeah. in between stuff to like flourishes and flares and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to sit down and run a marathon on the double kick. No, <laughs> you're not, you're not in a drummer, you know? So yeah, I, mean, I, can, <laughs> I can keep a steady, like steady ish beat with the double kick there, but yeah. not fancy. I would mainly use it for fills. And then I, uh, my next uh, band that I was in, my buddy didn't have a uh, double kick pedal. And so I kind of learned to do fills on the toms there um you know and this is like years later i'm like 20 you know three at this point and uh how, playing that how old are you now 34 okay <laughs> okay okay so and then the last band that i was in and a very 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 close friend of mine the drummer uh judd he um he had a double kick pedal on the toms. And so then I started combining the two and was like, Oh my God. And it makes you feel like you're good. Even though like I am yeah. like, I wouldn't go and tell people like, Hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a drummer. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, like, I'm yeah. a guitarist who can also play drums, Yeah, uh, but I'm not going to be, you know, Neil Perton it out and, or Peart, you know, in some huge long drum solo and yeah. stuff, but I really enjoy playing them. And, um, I don't know. It's a good time. It's uh, something that I, I, I'm capable of doing. I could, if it comes to getting through a song or playing something, drums would be the second most instrument apart from bass right. uh, that I can get through an entire song and play a, a whole set if I had to. Right. Um, yeah. But it, hey, it's an amazing instrument. Hey, Blake, how, yeah, it's, how, how old were you, Blake, when uh, you started playing your drums? Um, I was 10 years old. 10, okay. Um, I, was, I was 10 years old. It was the summer of 2002. And, uh, I, I showed, I started getting into Blink-182 at a, at a young age. So right. that was, uh, Travis Barker, man. fourth grade. At, yeah. Coming out of fourth grade. Um, and, uh, started getting into that. I told my dad, I wanted to learn how to play drums. Um, my, uh, said, here's a triangle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ding, so, ding. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause my dad, you know, he, he loved music, but he never, the only instrument he ever really played was he kind of messed around with the bass a little bit. Right. So whenever I came to him one day and I said, Hey, I think I want to learn how to play drums. He immediately, I'm talking like almost grabbed the keys and drove out, you know, the parking lot, like, or drove out the driveway, like right then and there to go buy a drum set. He was just, he was all, he was all in. Right. So, um, he goes and gets drum set and he immediately is just calling around. He's like, Hey, you guys know any guy, any guys that can give lessons. Um, I started taking lessons. Uh, he, this, he was a, you know, well-known, uh, drum teacher here in town. Um, before he started working at this music store. So before he could even drive, his parents was having to drive him out to our house. And, uh, he just 
solidified my love for Blink-182 at such a young age, too, because he was like, listen to this, listen to this. And it kind of helped me pick up on uh, how to play by ear. And oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. started picking up little things like that. And, Both you know, drummers in that band were amazing, too. Like, I yeah. heard Dude Ranch. Um, yeah. But I won't deny that the, the superior drummer there is that Travis fellow. He's yeah, a, yeah, Travis he's, Barker. Yeah. He's very good. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's uh he's been one of my favorites for a very long time, and still to this day. I, and he's yeah, in, I, I still. And he's in like so many bands; it's unbelievable. Oh, good lord! You know? Yeah, he's always doing oh, something. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I I spent a lot. We were talking about um double bass. You know, I spent a lot of my early days, probably for a good ten years. I didn't learn. I didn't even tr- attempt to learn how to play the double bass at all. Um, I just. I never had a pedal, couldn't really afford to get one. And yeah. <laughs> uh, after I had, you know, I had gotten a, a job where I was making a little bit of money. I said, you know what, I'm going to get a double bass pedal and uh, started learning some, a few songs and real basic things. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I got involved with playing at church. So I, I I'm listening to metal. It can and sound like the, a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got involved. Well, I got involved with church. The church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's where a lot of my, my music, uh, a lot of my playing is used now, right? A lot of people so, know of a lot of people and uh, some uh, coworkers I used to have that they're musicians and stuff who also happen to be religious and, yeah. and uh, attend church. And that is, uh, it's basically just a way for them to have a weekly jam. You know, they go out and do their thing and play. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas, you know, more power to them. They're, they're playing out more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think that's what I like. I like the, the most about it is it's, it keeps me, involved and uh kind of the where i'm going at where i'm going to church now we have a rotation of musicians that play so mm-hmm. um it's uh it's fun getting to learn how to play with different people it kind of helps you learn things on the fly if you need to but uh dude you should have seen the first time at my old church when i busted out some double bass <laughs> it was like what is happening so anyway and, here's some mastodon right <laughs> <laughs> And it wasn't even anything crazy. It was just for some fills or whatever. And they it's just, prayed over you afterwards. Yeah, uh, <laughs> boy's got a demon in him. That's right. <laughs> but he can't keep time for shit. <laughs> just, just kidding. That's <laughs> uh, great. So, uh, let's. Uh, is there any instrument that you that you play that is just your your absolute favorite? Like if. If you could only choose to play one, is there one that you would it's, it's say, guitar. okay, this is my guitar? That's guitar awesome. Man. Just who I like, identify yeah. as a person, man. Right. It's like, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's just been part of my identity for so long. And it's just like, oh, no, yes, I play guitar. And then, uh, you know, like me and, and millions and millions of other people, it's, you know, we're a dime a dozen and stuff. But, you know, once I, I get started on the topic of, you know, or like my Martin guitars. I'm like, oh, hang on, you got this model, and I can, I can just sit there and go on and on and on about the, yeah, the the woods and stuff. Which is funny because I played electric for so much longer in uh, different points of my life, and now I I only play electric really when I'm with a band, and I haven't played it in about two years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I could not. I'm like, yeah, uh, I plug a cord in and I turn a knob and it works. And uh, I don't. I couldn't break down the the pickups or what kind of coils and you know wraps it's got going on and and everything. And um, but when it comes to my acoustics, I'm like, oh yes, well this one's got like one quarter inch bracing that's forward shifted towards the sound. <laughs> I, sound right. I sound like some uh, pretentious jerk, but <laughs> or like a, or like a historical, you know, you know, yeah. goober or something, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, the D28 introduced by Martin in the 1930s. Set the standard. <laughs> yeah. I know, okay, so I know plenty of people like that. Yeah. <laughs> so out of the guitar, the drums, and the 45 harmonicas that you have in your desk, um, which one is the easiest to play? How to you know how to play, or which one is the easiest to learn out of all of them? Well, you think? If you just want to get through a song with the basics, I'd say bass. Bass. That okay. Mean, that doesn't mean that bass is an easy instrument because look at freaking uh, Cliff Burton. Right. Oh yeah. oh yeah. My God. Yeah. These people. Yeah, he's like, amazing. People that are phenomenal bass players when they know what they're. You know, it's it's an instrument like any other. I mean, it takes skill to play. But 
if you're, I think if you're trying to start out, you're like, okay, cool, you got a thing here. It's got four strings. It's got gigantic frets. It's hard to miss your note. And if you just yeah. want to, mm. you know, single note it through each, you know, or I don't know what note you call it. You're not going to play a C the entire song, but um, yeah. you can you can get started on a bass. I'd say a little bit quicker than you could on a six string guitar. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like bass would be super. I, I've never tried to play anything else besides drums, but you know, just yesterday we were over at my um, my father in law's house, and uh, he had a ukulele over there, and just I pulled it out and figured out how to play "Smoke on the Water." <laughs> right. <laughs> I was just I was thinking like, of that song. I'm like, if you want to get through "Smoke on the Water," pick up yeah. a. Yeah. <laughs> ukulele is one of those instruments that I've never, ever, ever had any desire to learn how to play, but just kind of <laughs> ended up learning like how to play up, it. Yeah. I, yeah. I should have added that, yes, I can play ukulele as well because I have this little uh, piece of crap that a buddy of mine uh, gave to my daughter. <laughs> you know, she's two. She just bangs around on it and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like, oh, these are the same chord shapes as guitar. I don't know which chords I'm playing. You know, I'm playing a D shape, but right. it's... I don't know. It's I don't know where the the tuning lies, but I I can play it, and it's just kind of like oh well, all right. I, I figured this out, but it, I don't know. I just I don't take ukulele seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well, even though the uh, the bass looks like an easy instrument to learn, I mean, if if you just uh, listen to um, Alex Mechanical Corpse play the bass, uh, yeah. like you say, Clint Burton, you know. I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, it's like those guys are like masters at your, you know, at, at your craft. Paul McCartney, dude. Paul McCartney. Yeah. Paul McCartney is amazing too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, about your band. Uh, well, the band that was. <laughs> yeah. The band that was. Uh, <laughs> the yeah, band that yeah, was. Mean, book one out of forty-three I, uh, or something. We were. Yeah. The last one that was with the the longest lineup and um, had the longest lifespan, I should say, um, was the Polite Society. And uh, it was me, um, my buddy Judd on drums, my buddy Jordan on piano and songwriting and vocals. Amazing singer, just ridiculously talented dude. Like, um, he'd write a song and I'd be like, well, now I got to go try and one up that. And it was, you know, crap. And uh, my buddy John, on bass and that dude he would sit there and just slap out primus in between songs he's ridiculous <laughs> he's yeah. an amazing bass player yeah um and so we uh we were together for several years we wrote a lot of stuff recorded a lot of stuff like basement recordings and stuff and um had a lot of fun but the uh the way the military works is you know i'm in the air force the drummer's in the air force um pianist is in the air force and mm-hmm. uh so Piano player. We, we'd had different guys over the years, too, also military. And there was, someone would have a kid. So we're like, okay, Ben's gone now. He's gone. <laughs> uh, you know, one bass player got sent to Florida. Okay, he's gone. So we bring in my buddy John. And then uh, Jordan gets orders to Texas. We're like, All right, see you later, Jordan. And then it's yeah. just a trio, and, and, uh, which we just mainly continue at that point recording stuff that, that I'd written or that, that uh, John had written. <clears throat> and then... Uh, Judd gets orders to Alaska. I get orders to California. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's all right. See ya. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Get it, man. Now I just kind of use the moniker, uh, the Jack Whale is like my my SoundCloud name. It's it's from a, a Wes Anderson movie, uh, Life Aquatic. Right. And, uh, oh, cool. Yeah. Like the way it sounded. And um, but yeah, we that was one of the most fun times in my life. Like period just the the friendships you make through like and i would meet these guys like um jackie be like you you make such close friends and it's it's i just walk up to a dude i'm like hey hey someone told me you played drums like yeah yeah i do let's go (laughs) you want to start a band man hanging out and we're just like great great friends after that and uh same thing with uh you know a co-worker hey you know you guys play music my um my husband plays bass. I'm like, oh, have him call me, and then he comes yeah. over. Then I'm, I'm just really close with that guy now, John. And yeah. and uh, Jordan was another guy, you know, I worked with, and I was like, I, I hear you play piano. We need a pianist. And he's like, Yeah, I play, and I also sing. I'm like, Well, that's good because you can be the main <laughs> singer, right? And right. a lot of great stuff. I uh, I'd have to dig dig around to try and find the recordings. Mm. Uh, I could you know send you some of those later. Just 
I, uh, I don't ever share any of the stuff that I haven't written, um, especially now that we're not together anymore because the band doesn't exist. I just feel like, you know, falsely representing myself. Like, oh, here's a song called Death in the Wild that is one of the greatest songs I've ever heard written that I did not write. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, before we get to my next question, uh, we're going li- we're gonna to listen to a sample of uh, one of your other songs that you did. Uh, this is called Slip 2 by Polite Society. So after hearing that that little that little uh, um, didn't even get to the good part. Yet. Didn't even yeah, yeah man. <laughs> um, now, so, there was a cool guitar solo coming up and then some vocals. But okay, that song goes on and on and on. I'm, I'm, no, go ahead. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> okay. So my my question for you is um, uh, how did how do you compose songs like um, I've heard Metallica composes songs. They they write the lyrics first and then the meet after. Uh, do you uh, concur with that, or is your uh, development a, terrible, a little bit differently? Terrible, terrible lyricist. I am. <laughs> I uh, I would sit there with my buddies who could write songs, and they're like, you know, writing this deep sounding stuff. It's like poetry, and then I'm like, hey, look, I wrote this one. It's I love you. The sky is blue. I'm always gonna be true. So, and, uh, so you're the one who wrote the Barney song. But, <laughs> I did. You did. Where's your Where's your royalties? <laughs> they're They're in the mail, right? Yeah. Never I, coming. <laughs> I always come up with the the music first. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, like I'll have something that I'm just messing around with on guitar, and uh, I just you know start putting stuff together. Sometimes it'll take years. Like I'll I'll have a song that I started five years ago, and then finally oh. Hey, this guitar line works with that. Yeah. And I'll finish it up. Other songs, you know, I'll just crank them out in like 40 minutes. I'm like, that yeah. was an entire song. Right. But uh, like that song uh, just now, for example, I think I I started with that, uh, the guitar line there. Uh, it's, it's real simple. It's like a C major seven and an E minor mm. um, with some other stuff that I never recorded over top of it. But I was like maybe 2011, 2012. I just started to come up with that. And, um, and then I'll like another this, the next step is some phrase that I've heard somebody say or um, that I thought sounded clever or like like Julie's song that you played at the beginning there. Yeah. Um, uh, I had a buddy who was involved with a, a girl and she, yeah, sometimes I just got to be sad. And uh, <laughs> I was like, hey, man. Yeah. Oh. And that's the first line of the song that says, yeah. you know. Sometimes I just got to be sad. You told me like it's something new, a novelty exclusive to you. Right. And uh, so I'll and I'll write these little pretty sounding things that kind of at themselves, at least to me, the lyrics are kind of cutting or um, sarcastic or have a bit of bitterness in them that I'll try and mask with uh, other things like that. But uh, and the song Slip too, it starts out from, um, you know, it says worn out and confused is. Um, I think. uh Something I, I had in an argument um, with somebody, and they were like, you know, I'm just worn out and confused. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to use that. That's the lyric. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. That That's thought. the title. We got it. We got yeah. the single. I would think it would be easier to write the music first and, and the lyrics, lyrics later because the music yeah, can, yeah. can present lyrics like, like uh, the, well, the, the music uh, delivers a, a, a special melody, you know, when you, yeah, I, I think it would be. Scene. I've I don't think I've ever once in my life written the lyrics first to something. Um, I will uh, I'll typically start out with a guitar line, like I said, and then I'll sit there. And um, it used to be way back when I started and uh, I just record the song and I kind of make up the lyrics as I went along, which they weren't ever very good. So <laughs> oh, no. I'll sit down and try and plan out the lyrics themselves Um and actually put some thought into them. And, uh, but it's, it's definitely music before lyrics and, uh, but yeah. lyrics I don't have so much trouble with. Right. I want to, I want to sound like Bob Dylan and I end up sounding like Beetlejuice from Howard Stern. Oh no. Right. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, uh, if you, uh, wow, this, this is quite a transition. You just mentioned Beetlejuice, but if there was one, <laughs> 
like if there was one dead musician <laughs> that you could that you could bring back, who who would it be? Beetlejuice from Howard Stern. Beetle, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's dead yet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. John Lennon, hands down, John Lennon. John Lennon. Yeah. John Lennon is like he's like my idol. Right. Um, yeah. He's and, it. And, you know. And you you hear a lot like oh there's there's an Onion article. It's all like oh man uh, gets gets joy out of reminding people that John Lennon beat his wife, and it's like Oof. you know there's always someone and they bring that up to me constantly. I'm like yes, yeah. you are absolutely right. John Lennon was a deeply flawed guy. Sure. And uh and you get down to it, he's kind of an asshole. Yeah. And um he but it, it he, to me he's just this embodiment of humanity. Sure. Like there's this dude who's got a lot of issues. He's got childhood issues, anger issues, um just flawed as a person, straight up narcissist. The dude's a genius and knows he's a genius and so he's a jerk about it, but he's created so much this massive catalog that's just brought so many people joy and just peace and love and all that to the world. Yeah. And I think it's just this, the, the, the paradox of humanity, you know, like we're going to yeah. go nuke a city one day and then pull together, you know, tremendously during a crisis. And, um, it's, I don't know, that's, that's John Lennon to me. It's, it's not, yeah. he wasn't the, the most, technically proficient musician in the band like he played piano he played guitar he could play bass and harmonica but then you have like paul mccartney who's running circles around him on guitar and bass on piano yeah. and uh even in the the songwriting front but um to me it's it's um quality versus quantity and you get the the quality there with the john lennon stuff and so i don't i just to see yeah. what would be going on now um if he were st- which granted I heard he was wanting to head into reggae there in the eighties, which I'm not a huge fan of, but yeah. um, whatever it's, it's John Lennon, let him do his thing. Yeah. Um, so it, uh, that's, that's, uh, that would be it, it, it for me. Um, that's awesome, man. You know, and, and what's funny is t- just today I was listening to uh, a podcast about Mark David Chapman and uh, <laughs> like the events leading up to him killing John Lennon. And, uh, Freaking you know, joke, they, yeah, they, they said the same thing, you know, John Lennon had a lot of flaws, but ultimately what he did for music, um, yeah. I mean, and that that's covers not every like, genre. It's not to like brush off just some of the, the crappy things he did, you yeah. know, like beating his first wife and yeah. totally abandoning almost his, you know, practically abandoning, I'd say his, his, uh, son Julian and, uh, yeah. just kind of being a piece of crap to him too. You're like, this man did some tremendously bad things made some very bad choices um but it you know it's when i say but like that it's like but it's okay no it's it's totally not yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, that those two those things also have a, a profound impact on people's lives yeah yeah negative sense but it's it's just part of that what the troubled artist or whatever like mm. he, he's contributed so much to the world and uh just means so much to me personally and, and so many other people out there. Um, I don't know. He's he, my favorite Beatle, obviously. Right. After, yeah. after Ringo. Ringo. Yeah. yeah. My, uh, my wife is a huge Beatles fan and, uh, she, uh, she tears up every time she sees anything about the, you know, the rooftop performance that they did. Yeah, man. And, uh, she's got she, goosebumps thinking about it. Like to have been right. some other guy just on another roof, like, Holy shit, the Beatles are playing. Right. Right. It says a lot. It says a lot about what he did for for music and for people. It's just uh, he affected a lot of people in that way, and that's uh, that's really special. So especially you know, it, the the negative stuff doesn't get brought up a lot, but it's you know it's uh, it's hard to bring that up there. What's that? I said it, it, you definitely can't forget that it's there, though. You it's... can't forget it's there, but when you look at what he did. Yeah, you know it's 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 so much greater. It 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 has it has to outweigh that. So yeah. So um, I'm gonna ask you our last question, and then we're we're gonna um have to go. Uh, but if you were quarantined on uh, on an island and could bring any three albums, what would they be? Uh, I'd like to start with Hanson and then Hansen. some, uh, some yes. Spice Girls, Blue Traveler. Perfect. Get your harmonica, you know, learning and some uh, some Isley Brothers. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All I, great uh, stuff. 
Uh, I would say Magical Mystery Tour, Beatles. It's okay. like I'm look, looking at it right here on my wall right now. It's my favorite, yeah. favorite yeah. album ever. That's period. an amazing album, yeah. Um, probably and Justice for All, Metallica. Mm-hmm. Looking at it next to that on the wall right there. <laughs> um, that album is, is, oh my God. Yeah. Um, I could speak at length about Injustice for All and how much it means to me and how it is actually the best Metallica album there is. Yeah. Um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> is great, but a lot of people, I don't know. Injustice for All doesn't get its due credit. And um, I have to say, probably. Rubber Soul by the Beatles. A good yeah, album, so, uh, yes. So I got I got two Beatles albums in there and one Metallica, and and uh, that it's a tough thing because there's I have so many albums that I could just write novels about, you know, sure, right. how great they are. But I think those three I would not get tired of um, if I were stuck on an island. I mean, I've I've already listened to them a gajillion times, and. Yeah. I could easily listen to them a gajillion times more until I wither away from exposure to the elements on my little <laughs> desert island. <laughs> That's good, man. Those are good choices, for sure. You're like, oh, no, the, the, the correct answer was, and then you start giving me other <laughs> Your choices are the, crap, man. The correct answer was uh, every album, or three albums by Incubus, <laughs> starting yeah. out. And a couple of Slayer records, you know. (laughs) Got to throw in some Slayer. Well, you mentioned, you know, you mentioned Spice Girls too. I I just listened to a, I listen to all kind of podcasts, but I listened to one last week about the history of the Spice Girls, and uh, (laughs) it's, uh, I, I will give them credit for for something here. So their big breakout hit wannabe they wrote that themselves and you know a lot of pop bands in that that came from that era yeah had about 20 people writing songs oh, yeah. for them right shit it's still going on now excuse right. me right and they wrote that themselves i was like you know what that's cool i'll give them that that's that's really neat I, I, that's something to uh that's something to be proud about oh yeah definitely man um, yeah <laughs> if, you know like speaking about pop like um about what is 2009 or so 10 years ago when i you know was first hearing lady gaga mm-hmm. um i was like wow she's she writes her own stuff like mm-hmm. and it's it's good on top yeah. of that right uh, just i i gained a lot of respect for her in that regard um as because i'm not it's not usually my cup of tea just you know the sure. pop diva kind of stuff but i'm mean, listening to it i'm like these songs have dynamics these songs have some yeah. rich to them and she's the one writing it um yeah like that that Billie Eilish girl now like she yeah. she writes her stuff and it's and it's good and mm-hmm. and and I, I shouldn't say that like oh my god it's so shocking but like to me the shocking thing about it is it's popular and it mm-hmm. wasn't written by the studio or some right. team yeah um it's 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 always a breath breath of fresh air and um earns my respect when when people write their own crap mm-hmm. and and it's good yeah God knows I can't. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, okay, and so um, I want to say thank you very much for coming on um, our, yeah, thanks, our podcast. Man. And uh, this yeah, was really inspiring and uh, enlightening, you know, more yeah, the fact that... Uh, uh, kind of uh, working around the time frame here, because I'm looking at my uh, my computer here that's still on East Coast time. And yeah, like 18 you guys time, and here it's like, you know... About dinner time. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's still so, out. Yeah. All good, dude. I really, really enjoyed it. It was nice talking to you. Yeah, man, definitely. Um, yeah, I like listening to you guys' stuff. I like what you're doing. I, uh, it's, uh, I, I, it's great. I haven't listened Thanks. to every episode yet because I, I think you guys suck in reality. <laughs> well, especially me, right? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> it's, it's, a, uh, it's a podcast that resonates with me because it's like sure. that, is, that is the absolute truth. Like, um, you know, words fail, music speaks. Mm-hmm. It's it's the one of the greatest communicators out there. I mean, it is. Part, you don't have to speak the language. You just you can the mood is conveyed, the, the, the feelings, everything. You can say so much there without having to say a word just by playing some music for somebody. And it's, it's a good indicator of who they are as a person and what their interests are. And, um, it's, I don't know, just, just the name of your podcast really resonates with me. And, um, just the episodes I've listened to, you know, like the, the, 
music and movies and uh, the grunge episode you just did. And yeah, it's, 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 it's something I'm actually interested in. <laughs> oh, good, good. Yeah, we, we, we want everybody to be interested in it because I uh, like, well, I mean, just as the, as the title is, um, you know, uh, when words fail, music does speak to everybody, you know, and, yeah. and music is very therapeutic in ways that, you know, doctors or anybody can't really understand, you know. Yeah, dude. Uh, and now that I've said that and it being interesting, you're going to be like, join us next week while we listen to Paint Dry. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, <sucks>. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, um, yeah. So, thank you very much for coming on. Um, We will definitely have you back on. This was really fun for me. And I'm sure yeah. with Rob Blake. Oh, yeah. Lee. Yes. So. I'd, uh, I'd enjoy that. If there's one thing that uh, I can get super long winded about, it's music. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Same here, dude. I, I think we all can, I, you I know. We're days. talking about yeah. the advent of the, the, the mouth harp or, or the uh, jaw harp, you know, like, oh, yeah. boy, I, I will find <laughs> out some information on yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks, everybody, for listening to this very first interview with Philip Rowe. Um, he has a SoundCloud uh, account right now. And uh, uh, what is your um, uh, little... Um, uh, name what on you again. Huh? My little name. Your little <laughs> name. The the Jack Whale. The Jack Whale. I will post cool. a link at the bottom of this the, uh, of the description so you can see it and uh, yeah, listen to his um, amazing music. So, all right, I have been James Cox and that's been Brosley. Thank you very much. And until next time, bye. You've been listening to the When Words Fail, Music Speaks podcast stay tuned for more and thank you for listening